0: Hello, this is Patrick, and it is time for Real Herbalism Radio. Real herbs, real life, real easy. Brought to you by ThePracticalHerbalist.com and sponsored by Mountain Rose Herbs, your source for high-quality, organic, bulk herbs, gourmet spices, loose leaf teas, essential oils, herbal extracts, and natural body care ingredients. Visit them at MountainRoseHerbs.com.
1: And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And and welcome welcome to to Real Real Herbalism Herbalism Radio.
0: Radio. Beers brewed and flavored with herbs and fruits beyond hops are one of the largest growing branches of craft brewing in the craft brewing industry, an industry that's fast beating out the big breweries so many of us have grown up with. For herbalists, that's a whole new avenue into practical, holistic medicine. Today we'll be tasting a small selection of herbal craft brews and talking about how herbs factor into their character.
2: First off, I want to welcome our guest today. We have Dylan Sierra Lupe, who is a local not a hipster, hipster, <laughs> and <laughs> beer fanatic who's done some microbrewing and brewing of his own. He's here to enjoy tasting with us. Dylan, welcome.
3: I'm glad to be here. Glad to be here. And hello, world.
2: What is your favorite microbrew of the day right now?
3: Of the day right, right now, now. I would probably have to. You know that's a really hard one to call.
2: Yeah, I <laughs> wasn't Oregon. expecting you to think about it. Well,
3: no. See, see,
0: whenever someone asks a question like that, it's the exact first thing that pops in your mind. There's no thought about it; it's just the first thing.
3: It had to be something. Yeah, well, first thing would probably be. Uh, um, I don't even have. Find out what your go-to then. Uh, my go-to, I usually like winter beers, um, particularly the Twilight Ale.
1: Okay. Nice. Um, yeah, you right. brought some Ninkasi's. To sample them, mm-hmm. you brought in some uh, Windmere's. You brought in some oh. Windmere's
3: are a good one
0: these yeah. days. Yeah, I
1: yeah. just want to
3: see where yeah. his
0: favorite, you know, his current where runs to his you know current flavor flavor profile is.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, more so for the dark beers, I would say than anything okay. else. Yeah. All right.
1: Well, the first beer that we're going to sample is from William Brothers Brewery. And it is from Scotland. It only has 5% alcohol. We're starting small and working our way up. And I might be fumbling over how to pronounce this. Freyok? It's a heather ale. It's a They call it an original craft beer brewed in Scotland since 2000 B.C.
2: Let's open this baby up.
1: There it is. We got our little cups here for trying it. And this one, they describe it as a light amber ale with a Floral peaty aroma, full malt mm-hmm. character, and a spicy herbal finish.
0: I love peat. I love it in my, in my scotch, and I yeah. love it. So just I'm just peat. I, I'm just sprinkle it. a little bit of peat, peat all over. there, and, and I'm good. Yeah, I'm good.
1: It, it is. It's, I'm smelling it. and
3: it smells very sweet. It does really have nice. a very
1: sm- mm. sweet scent to it. They they have a little note in here, uh, and I'm not sure what this relates to, heather, bog, myrtle, and ginger. I'm assuming they mean that's the spices that you're supposed to be smelling.
2: Yeah, definitely mm. bog, myrtle, and heather are two of the classic Scottish brewing herbs from way before hops became the big thing.
1: Huh. What's the, what's the story there? Why are they mm-hmm. using heather? They, they, it, do they have hops in this one at all? Uh, this I'm one probably sure. is
2: hopped because it's being sold as an ale in America. So, so there's it, rules around yeah, that. Yeah, there's rules around brewing in America. Although quite a few of the larger craft brewings, craft brews, will, they'll have a great beer that they've done, and they throw in to their 50-gallons. A handful of hops, so they can technically say they hopped it, but the hops have almost no character in the beer itself. Oh, okay. This so one, that's just, they just
1: get to label it that way. Yeah, yeah. They have to match yeah. the rules. It seems mm-hmm. like
0: on this you can you can definitely taste the hops. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. in a yeah. period of time that before hops became you know a mandatory additive to beer, mm-hmm. um, if there was just the heather was used for the bittering.
1: Yeah, that could be. Yeah, Heather well be.
2: was used. Um, hops began in Europe. They started using hops around eleven hundred of the common era. CE.
1: when they, when it was brought over so, from China. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: and it's really essentially the early Middle Ages. Yeah, and it just kind of went on through and became more dominant as the Protestants took over and started defining what beer should or shouldn't mm-hmm.
1: be. And most of the time, people were drinking beer because water wasn't safe. Exactly. Right. So a lot of it was pretty low alcohol. Yeah. Would you say, or no?
2: Not necessarily. Okay. I mean, the, part of why the Protestants decided to get involved in defining beer standards was because they felt that the Catholics were living it up too much.
1: Mm. A lot
2: of the herbs that were used in brewing before were herbs that were aphrodisiac herbs or they were um, stimulating mm-hmm. in some other way. So they were giving you lots of energy and people would really have great big parties and have a great good time with their beers and their ales and so and they had beers at that time that weren't necessarily with barley right and the protestant church felt that that was a little bit too luxurious
1: uh-huh yeah and they don't decided, want to have a smile yeah that exactly terrible and, and they
2: were able to corner the market <laughs> on hops so you had to pay a tithe to the church to be able to grow hops Or sell hops. Mm -hmm. And you had to have hops in your beer, Mm -hmm. which meant the church made a lot of money. Oh, clever. And on top of that, it kind of, hops are a
1: a sedative. It definitely is, yeah. They're they're kind of a depressant, so
2: the ale houses became less merry. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's a sad. That's so sad. So, just a bunch of alcoholics sitting around staring into their cup. Yeah, the, oh, the, the stereotypical
0: them. English pub. You
1: know?
0: <laughs> Welcome to the Middle Ages. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, that's so sad. Well, you
0: were saying that, how they were. You know, I, the parallel for um, medicinal marijuana and medical and like legalizing marijuana in our states mm-hmm. just has the that, that exact way. Well, then they said you could do it, but then you had to pay a tax to them. And then it was, you know, so it's almost, I mean, it's scary. the same kind yeah. yeah.
2: So what did you guys think? What did you think, Dylan?
3: Um, I thought that it was very aromatic for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say it would definitely be good for a, uh, a larger, a wide mouth glass. Or mug, yeah. Um, really, Based on what, what I'm did you smell? Because I didn't get that.
0: So what did you? did, um, what did you
3: smell? I was getting something very, uh, very strong and sharp to go along with the hops, which was really pleasant. You know, mm-hmm. when it came to uh, the the overall sweetness you got as an mm-hmm. aftertaste.
1: Did you yeah. taste this ginger that they're talking about? Not particularly. I, I didn't no. either. I didn't feel the ginger
2: was a very strong flavor. Nor did I, I taste they, peat. I, I well the. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing that the... Well, maybe they
0: use that for firing the the crocs. Maybe,
2: yes.
1: (laughs) Floral peepees. I'm guessing
2: the way that they added their herbs on this one was probably like dry hopping or hopping later in the the thing. It doesn't smell strong enough to me to be likely to be one of the other methods. Mm -hmm. In the primary boil? Um, No, probably not in the primary. Well, you know, for people that don't brew
0: and don't know that, maybe we should just go through a quick rundown on the the basic one, two, three of, of, of brewing.
2: Okay. so you're okay. again
0: you've done a lot of the herbal brewing if you want to
2: for most at least for home brewers
0: yeah the first step
2: is to create your malt extract or your malt and it depends on whether you're using all grain or whether you're buying extract. it doesn't for that in terms of the herbal portion of it that part doesn't matter as much how you get to the point where you have a wart so you have your wart it's a kind of like a Sweet like a syrup. Syrup that's well, it's not syrup anymore because you've added enough water. You've got a couple right. of gallons, and and you've added whatever grains you've wanted, and you've cooked b- boiled it to a certain point. Right. You would normally, for most beers, we would add hops at that point and boil it for maybe 30 minutes or so to get the bittering qualities of hops. And then in the last five to three minutes or so of your boil, you add your the rest of the hops that will give you all the aroma. Because mm-hmm. you, you don't want that to dissipate. Exactly. Right. Okay. Exactly. Right. You want to keep as much of the essential oil in there as you can, but crack open the cells so mm-hmm. that you'll have released the scent. And the mm-hmm. So that's where that properties.
0: floral would come in. That's the releasing okay. when you open the bottle. Yeah.
2: So you can put herbs other than hops in at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're really looking for the aromatics, like if you want to get a hop-like aroma, but using a completely unhopped beer, you can mix... Garden sage and calendula, for instance, in the last couple of minutes, and that'll give you a hop like scent um, enough that if you don't tell somebody that they're drinking an unhopped beer, they may not notice. Most
1: of the time, I found that when I've done that, people haven't noticed. So, I didn't really notice hardly any hoppy flavor in this one, right? It seemed really super mild, and yes, one of the things that I did notice is there are some floaties in it. Which some people might freak mm-hmm. out about, <laughs> yeah. but to to those of us that are in the herbal practice, floaties just means that's garden style. You know, yeah. that, that's not so bad. And I'm not sure what that's about, but you can see it on the neck of the bottle after pouring it. There's some little bits, and then mm-hmm. if you hold the bottle up to the light, you can notice at the bottom there's a little bit of particulate. Yeah. So and that's an interesting oh. piece. If someone is adverse mm-hmm. to that sort of thing, then. That wouldn't be the thing for you, but if you're it, it looks if you're into like, chunky salsa style, then that's well, great. <laughs> <laughs> it,
0: it looks like proteins,
1: oh, yeah, that,
0: oh. um, that have precipitated out. Sometimes that'll happen in certain beers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some protein. So if they are putting in, well, we'll, we'll assume they are because they mm-hmm. said they are. If they're putting in those kinds of herbs for anything, those proteins will actually you know come out of that, and then mm-hmm. they'll come at the bottom, and you'll right. see that a little bit. Yeah.
2: Right. So if I was trying to copy this beer in my homebrewing style, I would add my herbs in at the aroma hop stage, or I would do what's called dry hopping, which is you let you do your regular beer. In this case, I I probably would have very few, if any, aroma hops, and I probably use regular hops for bittering. Mm -hmm. And then when I get to, and then I'd ferment it out for the primary fermentation. And then, which means you wait until it's all done bubbling and fermenting and all of that. And then I would rack it, which means to transfer it off of the original, Leaves, on into a new uh, carboy, and then at that point I would add my heather, my ginger, my bog myrtle. You could also add if you wanted rosemary. I think was one of the ones. And there's, I think it was rosemary is another traditional Scottish one mm. that you could add. Mm. So you stick the plant matter into the carboy, cap it off, and let it stand for a week or two before mm-hmm. bottling it. Take it out, taste it, see if the herbs are where you like. If not, add more herb and let it stand for another week or two. Hmm. So that's dry hopping. You can do that with hops as well to enhance the hop aroma and flavor hmm. and add more to your beer. And that's a
0: very popular um thing right now in the microbrew world, dry hop. Mm-hmm.
2: Dry hops. Yeah, hop. because
0: it's another way that a lot of the manufacturers can take their IP to the even to the next level of 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 floral hoppiness is the dry mm-hmm. hopping. So mm-hmm. they do everything we just said plus mm-hmm. then they dry hop it.
1: And I noticed yeah. they call this in an, an ale right. as opposed to a beer. Why would that be?
0: Well, it's just a matter of a terminology. But there is two differences. There's ale and lagers, mm-hmm. and, and ales are fermented at a warmer temperature. Lagers are at a cooler temperature. Mm. So beer is the overall overall like titles like beer, and then and there's then there's the subsets. Mm-hmm. So you have got you know ales, um, lagers... Saisons, you have a few of those other subsets of that. Mm-hmm. So in the description from the from the website I think that you're that you're looking at is it says beer because that's the most generic term that everyone understands. Okay. So but So that's
1: a – but it have is, to do with the yeast too? Yeah, yeah, because
0: the yeast will ferment at different temperatures. Okay. Yep, definitely. Right. Interesting. Um when we typically brew when canisai have brewed, it's been all ales.
2: Mm-hmm. She's
0: she's wanted to lager.
2: hmm Yeah, but you have to have a, a fridge that you can dedicate to lagering and hold at not too low a temperature. I believe
1: it was like fifty to sixty. Yeah. The whole food there. storage thing gets in the way. Yeah. Ah, it's yeah, not fair. Know, it's not right fair. fair. Prioritize so, yeah. go to the <laughs> yeah. gotta Go to the ale. Go the
0: ale. Okay. Um, well, I got it was sweet. I had a very malty flavor to it, which I would expect from anything Scottish. I'd have that heavy malty. Mm-hmm. The, that's their bread and butter, I think. I think the heather might have been used a little bit for bittering, but there is definitely that hop note to this. So, um, and I felt that this one didn't ask to be. Not that not notice is the right term, but it's very easy drinking. Right. There's yeah. no, you know, you don't pucker when you're drinking it. It's not like a heavy IPA or an Imperial IPA where you kind of, ooh, you know, you pucker your lips together. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just even all the way across. Yeah. It's a fuller, it's almost like a, if if you were to take a good American beer and made it really seem full, that's mm-hmm. what that would, you know, that's the the frown, that frown. Right. be. Right. But I think this is better than, than Yeah, I, and I know.
1: Dylan and I are both used to the darker beer, so... I think this one was it's not as, as yeah, it wasn't as um, intriguing to us, mm-hmm. I no. would say. But I
3: still enjoyed it, though. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't yeah. saying it was punishing, but it's not something I necessarily would go and buy mm-hmm. again.
3: I wouldn't Definitely bring a six pack of this to a party at all. Oh no no no! Well, you
1: know, if it was
3: a hundred <laughs> degrees out, I could see that.
0: Oh yeah, that'd be <laughs> good for that. For sure, it's definitely easy drinking. I just yeah. don't know it if is. I want
2: to pay the price tag for all my friends to drink that easily. I yeah, they, they have to be really <laughs> good friends.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. At least beer fanatics. So
0: that was the um, a
1: trip into history. <laughs> yeah, the fraude sure.
0: Heatherale from Williams Brewing Brothers Brewing.
1: Hmm. I would be interested in finding out a little bit more about because they also mention here it's based on an ancient Gaelic recipe for heather ale.
0: Mm. Oh, that, that, we should you know, look at that. Mm. Um, the next beer that we're going to try is from Gilgamesh Brewing uh, in Salem, Oregon. It's called the Mamba. It um, is 6.5% alcohol with an IBU of 1, which means, uh, in, IBU means international bittering units, so that means a 1 would be very, very low. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so it's going to be a little sweet. Yeah, so I to think. give you an idea, an IPA or an India Pale Ale sits at about sixty to seventy.
1: Oh, or more. Or m- well, they've well, been well, ridiculous yeah, about beautiful. Yeah, the imperial—they right don't right.
0: call them imperials much, but the uh, the dry hop ones we've been talking about. There's a couple like outbursts from Pyramid. Uh-huh. I mean, they're sitting up at the nineties. Wow, you know, they're yeah. up there. Okay, and some
1: people love that. Yeah, I, so, I like a like that. I tried a cucumber beer. beer. Mm-hmm. on friday and it it was pucker power for sure i really sure. enjoyed it but so, it's not for everybody
0: so this one has black tea ah bergamot and tangerine peel mm. so it's okay. gonna be kind of interesting
1: open this baby up
2: all right so this is the one There's that we it. have that's actually in a can although you know i have to admit i love that can sound well I no, do the, too. the interesting thing is is,
0: is is cans are really becoming popular uh, again because they're portable Right, You can't mm-hmm. take cans down the river, or bottles down the river, or right. going camping, you, you can have all or these bo- bottles. Yeah, yeah. that's so,
1: true, all the glass. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, so the cans, the microbrewers realized, hey, people aren't buying our stuff in the summer as much because you know they can't take it with them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So a lot of the local breweries really pushed canning again, Yeah. and now we're back into cans. Canning
1: so, beer mm-hmm. was, I think they invented it in 1934, and it was a big flush for a while, and then mm-hmm. with the microbrews, it actually kind of tapered off. Um, that was in the 70s when it's you start seeing less and less beer cans, and now it seems like it's back again. Everything resurfaces. Mm-hmm. The tide I, always comes back in.
3: I think that uh, canned beers have a really bad reputation these days because of the uh, aluminum taste that people have associated with over the years. Mm-hmm. But more modern cans now have a, uh, a coating on the inside, which means that you don't get the aluminum taste. Right. Mm-hmm. So right. There's, uh,
2: They're not as tinny. There's really there. not as
3: much drawback, yeah. Right, and you've got to believe that the, the
0: smaller breweries are, are getting those cans over, you know, the mass-produced breweries. And you know, the funny thing is is even the big breweries are actually coming out and saying, oh, our can is lying now. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> you know, they're using it as a sales feature, and the microbreweries don't even say anything about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay,
2: so this one smells absolutely delicious to me. Mm. And I am it the does. one in the household who loves tea. I've got an entire cabinet for teas of varying types. Mm-hmm. And when I say tea, I don't mean tea herbal tea. I mean tea like from... Different types of Cuminilla tea. Caminella, Seminesis, yeah. or mm. I can never say that Camellia name. Camellia sinensis. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That one. That kind of tea. So this one
1: really mm. smells divine. I it does smell like tea. I think I would
2: like this Peeling. one at all.
1: Yeah.
0: At all. And it's a
1: nice blend.
0: But I'm finding myself going, Wow, this is really drinkable. I mean again if we go back to that hot day. This is a really nice beer that would be yeah. refreshing. Mm-hmm.
1: I it can is. see this, this really on the river nice. easily. Yeah. This is pretty nice. Yeah, and it has a nice six aroma. Yeah. It? It's only six and a half percent as far mm-hmm. as the alcohol by volume,
0: only, <laughs> only. <right>.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I've been in Oregon a while, <laughs> but no. The, the you, tans, you, you taste a little bit of that tangerine peel, you know, that right, little right tiny right. At, yeah. at the end, at yeah. the top of your mouth. You can taste that, and that's yeah. nice. That's very refreshing.
3: It's so sweet. It's like a hop-infused cider.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, Almost. but it not is. overwhelming. Like I don't like I don't like soda pop. No. Right. I don't like the, those sweet drinks, but mm-hmm. this one I I.
2: Yeah, I think the rye mm-hmm. offers that feel. extra sweet kick
1: to it. And is that that's not the base though? This is a regular. This is a regular. It's called a malt beverage. Yeah. Uh,
0: so what, what that? But when they do, when they say that, what then they're that, really pretty man? much saying that they're probably not doing anything with hops on this.
2: Hmm. Uh, it does list hops on the
1: can as oh, part of the ingredients. Right there. there you go. Um, it's a malted barley. So it would be I'm a, pretty impressed with this one. And this it's, one, and it's, and it's and it's Salem. It's local to us. Yeah. Yeah. I think if I yeah. was planning to try to do a copy of
2: this one, oh, I'd probably end up making an infusion with the black tea and the bergamot to add at the tail end of my boil, probably. Oh, uh-huh. And then I'd probably use instead of I'd probably use the zest from the tangerine peel. Probably I would do it at the, the dry hop stage.
1: So you're definitely mm-hmm. using a fresh. Zest, not just dried peel. Yeah, Yeah, because the
2: dried peel, the white section of the peel will offer bitter flavors that are not pleasant. Not the pleasant hoppy or multi bitter. It's a. Kind of like when you eat an orange peel. I mean, you probably actually like them. You're crazy. (laughs) Now that's on the air.
1: (laughs) But it is good for you. That white of the peel is really good for you. Lots lots of vitamins. He's nuts. And you put it on your teeth to to take the little stains off your teeth. It's so good for you. I'll take the sage to take my stains off my teeth
2: instead. Mm On strawberry. But either way, that's probably how I would do that. And then I'd add, and I probably would seriously consider brewing a, um, Earl Grey for my tea mm-hmm. to get the Well, they got a bergamot. bergamot. Sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's how I would idea. get that. Yeah.
1: So is, the, it,
0: is it bergamot or bergamot or does it doesn't matter? If I you're French, know. it is bergamot. <laughs> I don't
1: know. I always say bergamot. bergamot. I say bergamot.
3: <laughs> now, all these herbal teas are kind of piquing my curiosity. I'm wondering uh, if you were to make one of these, would you prefer to use more of the loose leaf tea or more of a powdered uh, You mean powdered in the beers? Tea. Uh Yeah. Oh, I would do the leaves.
2: I would do the leaves for for sure. Sure. Yeah.
3: Anytime you do
0: anything powdered in in the brewing. um, The filtering. Oh, yeah. Is the problem? Yeah. Yeah. The filtering is an issue as well. But aside from the filtering, it also can add flavors and stuff you're not ready for. And it's easy to pinch a few leaves and say, oh, I think that's good. But Mm -hmm. when you're powdering, how much does that powder Mm -hmm. really represent when it comes to the actual herb? Mm -hmm. And then how fresh is it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. True. 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 You know, true. true, so, yeah. true. Well, yeah, a lot of times,
2: would, what you're really trying to get with the herbal brewing is the essential oils. on a lot of them, so you want to dry hop, and you want to do it with dry or better off fresh. Minimal processing. Minimal processing. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm.
1: Well. All right. I'm 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 impressed with that one. Gilgamesh mm-hmm. Brewing Mamba. So right. The, the and they next have one, one. I can and,
0: and they have a quite a line of these beers. I mean, there's like four or five that I saw in their. Uh, in the case yeah. at the store that we were at. so
2: Yeah, in yeah. fact, now would be a great time to say thanks to the beer stein and Aaron and Kyle over at the beer stein. Who, they were very
1: helpful. They were mm-hmm. so
2: helpful. They were wonderful in helping us find, because they've, they've got hundreds of be- beers there. Right. They have so. a
1: wall of coolers yeah. with just all these different Craft types. Fruit. It's very oh, yeah. impressive. Yeah. From all, huge, all over the world. Huge, mm-hmm. hugely impressive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So our next one, we've got Wildcraft Craft Cider Works, which is a nettle beer. Yes. Well, actually, it's a cider. This, so oh, to, is it? Yeah. A cider well, beer. Okay, a cider. This
2: is a, a wonderful time to take a moment and say, beer used to mean fermented drink. Uh-huh. Then the Protestants got involved and made their definitions and said, no, beer has to have specific type of yeast used. It has to have grains in it, barley, and maybe we'll let you have rice or wheat. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be a grain in there, and it has to have hops. Okay. So this Mm -hmm. is called a beer, but it's technically not a beer by those standards. It's a cider. It's It's a nettle
1: cider. Mm -hmm. It's a nettle-infused, dry, hard cider. 7.2
2: alcohol.
0: And and no IBUs.
1: And no IBUs. (laughs) So let's open this up. And this is another local one, Eugene, Oregon. This This is here. Right, we are broadcasting yeah. from this Eugene Springfield area,
2: and I got to say, this one is fizzing up
1: pretty fast in the huh. bottle. It's, even it's as got I'm an interesting it up. little it's got, bottle. Thank you. Got a
2: lot of nice carbonation there.
1: i nice smell. Wow, bubbles. it's very cider smelling. Oh, it's I, got yeah.
2: champagne
1: like bubbles as we're. Well, I got here. high expectations because I love nettle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dylan, <laughs> Dylan, my son, is <laughs> saying, "Yes, yeah, she loves nettle." <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> he's, eating, yes. he's eating a lot of nettle in his life. <laughs> I can't
3: believe it. The other day, I was going, in, I was coming into your house, and you were just ripping apart raw nettle with your hands, just going, "Ouch." ouch, ouch. <laughs>
2: like, who does that? Me. Okay. Oh I love it again. Oh it's another dead. mark on the suit is actually crazy.
1: But oh. <laughs> <Ouch. Ouch. Ouch. laughs> I love
0: mean, it. Most people say after the first ouch, they get the gloves. Or they do. Yeah. Ouch, ouch.
1: But after a while, your hands go numb, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Oh, you really does. I tasting the nettle in this. <laughs>
2: do you guys get that? Because you guys are the nettle people, mm. man. Are you getting a lot of nettle? There is definitely. Mm.
1: Is it an apple cider base? Yeah. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. That's all right. All right. Cider. That makes a lot of sense because that's the first thing I taste. Oh no, mm-hmm. I can start tasting the nettle now.
3: Yeah, it's a, like it's a chlorophyllic taste. Mm-hmm. It's, uh-huh. on that, it's oh, after that mineral. That, you know, even even the color, mm-hmm. there's a slight green tinge to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it looks like
1: slight, but a lot of apple. There's a lot of apple in there. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think that I would I would hope that this would be more on the apple side than the nettle side. Just saying, <laughs> uh, it is <laughs> very i don't know
2: it it tastes like what i expect the old i've read some old-timey apple or nettle beer recipes and this tastes like what i would expect
1: out of one of those i love the mm-hmm. label it's beautiful
3: i've never had a problem with, with wild craft cider works they've done some wonderful ciders in the past mm-hmm. you
1: drank more what other flavors have you had well they
0: have I, they have a whole line of of typical ciders mm-hmm. from different um small batch apples, seasonal you know okay. so this one there's like three or four that were in the in the case as well that were herbal, but what the interesting part was when I went to their website to get any information on any of these ones, they weren't mm-hmm. there, huh so you know it's a cool website, it has lots of information on their ciders and their location et cetera, but not
1: but, on the particular but not on this item. particular
3: one and that's kind of a so
0: what out.
1: do you know what other ones you've tried, Dylan?
3: You know, I was very drunk at the time. Oh. Oh. Does mom want to know the story? Oh, son. <laughs> oh, son. <laughs> That's as far as I'm telling. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, A I've few. never been drunk, so I don't. Of course not. No. Of course not. no. no. Definitely not on here. Racking Indeed. Day.
2: Definitely not on Racking oh, Day. Right? Why are you bringing
1: that up? A few years ago, well, actually, God,
2: really, We're we gonna... it. Oh, no. Okay. No. bring it on! Bring it on!
1: I can no. take it. I'm a big no, girl. Okay. No, I'm telling <laughs> a different story.
2: <laughs> uh, we tried making a nettle beer based on an old recipe, and it was in essence like this: an apple cider that we infused. I used, I think, I did use apple cider as the base for it. Oh. ours didn't turn out well, mainly because I used dry nettle, and I had to adjust the recipe to try to make up for that. And I just, it ended up the nettle was overpowering and it it didn't taste good mm. and we didn't i don't remember how i used it i might have maybe let it go flat and mm. given it to my plants oh. <laughs> i don't know what i did
1: with it but made it into shampoo
2: way, yeah it wasn't it wasn't a favorite brew in the house well, you're not
1: a wasteful person at all no, so whatever you did i'm sure it was, it was it was something that that you did but i think if i it. were
2: if i were doing this today Being especially that it's a good season for it, probably what I would end up doing is taking hard cider that I had fermented last fall and just let it stand. Mm -hmm. Hard cider with a higher alcohol content so it can stand. Right. Something that's on the edge of a sizer. In fact, Mm -hmm. I might even consider doing a full-on sizer. And then I would get fresh nettle. And it's the perfect season for that. So right, and get fresh it before nettle. it flowers
1: at all, because yeah. there'll be too much silica in it.
2: Exactly. So I'd, I'd probably dry hop that cider now with the mm. fresh nettle, mm-hmm. let it stand for a few weeks, and then bottle it up at that point.
0: Mm. Chop up the nettle a little bit so that the juices are released, or you just keep it whole?
2: I don't know. I'd probably try both ways. I'm thinking that you don't really need to release a lot... It's because fragile. Alcohol, it's fragile. in there will, is, will break it down pretty
0: Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I suppose depending on the how much love you have for Nettle. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yeah. it was, suicide cider would be dark green. Yeah, it <laughs> would be dark green. And I would think it would be
1: good with pear, like a pear, oh, like a pear cider. perry. perry yeah, yeah, yeah like what nice. you've made, the yeah. perry. That would Very be good cool. with it. Oh, of the they techniques.
0: do this too. That wild crafts, they do perrys, which okay. I thought was nice. really cool because oh, yeah. not a lot of people do it. And those are one really of the delicious.
2: techniques I might try if I was trying to do this one too is to make the um, steep, the fresh nettle in a couple cups of hot water, boiled water for just mm-hmm. a few minutes. To wilt it. To wilt it and, it, and then pour it. the whole lot, including the juice, in because that would really mm-hmm. infuse that mm-hmm. batch. Um, I'm not sure how much I would use. I'd probably go light to start with.
1: Yeah, that's it good tastes, when you're making yeah. a vinegar, too, is to wilt yeah. it so that it'll come out. I've tried making a nettle vinegar when it's just fresh and putting it in there, and it did not give the coloration that I was used to after wilting right. it a bit. Right. Yeah, mm. so that's good. Well, the last thing I'll
0: say on this one is that if you like your ciders dry, this uh, if this is the, uh, the flavor profile that they typically do. Dylan, you've had more than me. Then this is the way to go. I know there's a lot of new ciders out there commercially available that are just too sweet for me. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Angry Orchard and some of the other more commercial ones from the bigger Mm -hmm. companies. They're yeah, they're very drinkable, but they're just I don't need that added sugar. Yeah. So
3: they become a little too dangerous at that point. I feel like why? I mean, it's candy. Oh.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you don't need. You know, it's an
3: adult.
0: It's an adult soda essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember when you know the only adult soda that you could really buy was Zima. The Zima, the uh, beverage, the adult beverage, you. <laughs>
1: that,
0: that's
2: bad. Not only are you dating yourself, but you're <laughs> attaching us to that very bad decade.
3: So, Dylan, did you want to read the next beer? Uh, yeah, tell certainly, us about yes, the, uh, the Propolis Brewing. Uh, it's a uh, spruce beer. 7.5 alcohol volume. It's, it comes from uh, Washington, USA.
1: As opposed to Washington, France? Well, or D.C. Or D.C., okay. Or okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, Washington. Washington. I see, I see, Washington I see. According to the label, it says Port Townsend, Washington. Right. Oh, Port, Port Townsend, Townsend. And sure.
0: I'm noticing just by looking at yes, the course. bottle and the light that it is not filtered.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, this it's is good, it know. comes Definitely in a wine see. bottle. looking yeah, thing. The,
0: the size of this bottle mm-hmm. is 750 milliliters. Or, it's big. It's huge. Or one pint, nine ounces.
1: Yep. And it's got in nice, a party You board. see that haze on it? Oh, yeah. 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 And, and on uh, the back, it's got it a little looks like graph. My needs. My right. Right. Talk about <laughs> the different <laughs> properties. It's
0: um, $18 a bottle, about eighteen fifty <sighs> a bottle. So this is something that you're going to have with dinner, you're going to share with uh, close friends. It's mm-hmm. not something you're going to bring out the cooler at a party.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, this is in, different. See?
0: They claim it to
3: be pretty balanced.
1: Yeah. 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 They even they have this graph on the back that talks about the different flavors, and it, it has everything earthy, roasty, toffee, fruit, ester, linger, body sharp, and the, then the graph shows how much of it is on there, which is very interesting. This one's pretty herbal. It has a lot of body, which lingers, hmm. citrusy.
3: A little, uh, a little bready, and uh, well, let's blue see, blue let's, blue. see what, uh-huh. let's see what, let's, let's see
1: what the professional. Try it Hand that over. Let me open that bad boy up.
3: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, running.
1: it's a hefty wad of beer there.
3: I'm really curious with this one. It's because got
1: a little uh, bee on the front. It's so cute. They, and they oh, wax oh, it. It's, it's they wax the top. They wax the I've top. A, and, it. Oh, okay. and there's zero. a cork inside. There's yep. cork there's inside. Cork inside. Oh wow! Seriously. Holy cow! So if you're bringing this. On your picnic, make sure you've got a beer, a corkscrew, and a beer can opener. And this will be something to impress someone. Luckily, my church key has a corkscrew.
2: Good thing. So you know you gotta make sure you're the the really prepared kind here. But
1: I know some people have been in that situation where they went picnicking and they didn't have a opener, and so they had to cut up a penny. In, into a, oh, oh, you hear that, that sound? There we and it's go. Got the
2: gorgeous the flow the CO two CO two that comes. That's off. the ghost of yeah, of, the uh, ghosty beautiful. And we're smelling the really cork.
3: Light. Really light.
2: Wow, Ooh. it is. It's like a wine. It comes out like yeah, a wine, and it pours cow. like a champagne. So I
1: poured oh, very oh little, gosh. and it filled the cup, tiny fast. bit in my little plastic cup. So the bead, would be bottle
0: cup. fermented okay. then. Wow.
1: It does look like it is. Oh, I'm excited. Yes, I know. 7 of oh, wow. 2014, wow. this one was uh, produced. Oh, you guys. Now, <laughs> it's bringing a tear to my This eye. is the
2: one that Kyle and Aaron both said, oh, my God, you've got to try this. All right. And when we I got to the checkout and uh, we were having, I I don't know her name, but the woman that was checking us out, she looked at it and she like, pointed it and she's like, that's Irby. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> okay,
1: All right. Here we oh, go. Oh, it does
2: have a wonderful mm. smell.
3: It does, really. Mm.
2: It's like got piney, pinsy wow. smell is really There's strong. a lot of
1: flavor there. I just and took it's a it's got step. a lot of um straw. and this one's a spruce. Yeah, spruce as Dylan said. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. And they and they they must be catering to us cuz they opened their little piece saying, for thousands of years, br- mm. beer served as food and medicine antiseptic, antibacterial, antiviral properties. I'm telling you. The, mm-hmm. the ready for our podcast. Yes. Thanks, guys. We didn't have to do any work. Yeah, this one has... Oh, my word. Wow, there's so much There's so much flavor in here. The wow. scent is really... I don't even really know where to go. Sprucey, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's definitely sprucey. But, but not, sprucy, but not gin-like and not
0: turpentine-like. Yeah, that's what you were afraid of. Right. <laughs> I was afraid that it'd be piney, and it's not. No,
2: this no. is it's why. A, it's got some nice light floral notes to it in the scent. For regular it's, But craft then when you drink it, there's oh. a sour note that
1: I wasn't expecting. It's but almost it's like nice. a white
3: wine, but like the way oh. that it just almost like tingles on your tongue, you know? Yeah, yeah but
1: not overly mm-hmm. sweet like some of the white wines no, can definitely be. Not. This
3: would
0: have like no hops, right? This does not have any hops in it, right?
1: Holy moly. Uh, I, I don't know. don't know. It says uh, spelt. Spelt. Felt and spruce saison what's that i don't know what that is that's a, style of, beer. Is a style of oh, okay. beer that is sour they Right. F- they say for now we're film we're filming this we're we're here in oregon and nationwide 9.2% of the total beer market is craft beer here in oregon where we are it's 97% or 47% sorry 47% of beer i know <laughs> Forty-seven well, percent of little, beer little that is sold here in Oregon is craft beer. This is the this is brew mecca for sure. Yeah, very mm-hmm. interesting. So I'm
2: guessing that there's a lot of honey in this brew, in part because it's called propolis and there's a bee <laughs> on the front. You'd, you'd a
1: thunk, yeah. But it
2: does have the scent to it. Reminds me of a really nice mead. This is
1: amazing. And it It's in well, a nice dark bottle. That's good. I the other if thing, was, uh,
3: if this was like wooden cask brewed,
1: oh, you do kind of. Well, I think that's the spruce. I think there's so, in there. The here spruce. we go. Just
0: a, a simple definition for everybody. Uh, Saison, which is French for season, is a broadly defined pale ale that, in modern versions, is generally around 7% alcohol by volume,
3: mm-hmm. highly
0: carbonated, fruity, spicy, sometimes from the addition of spices, and is influenced by the Saison Dupont Vielle provision. All right. So that probably adds more questions, but... <laughs> I know, <laughs> I'm like, <"Wait>
1: <laughs> I don't know what that is.
0: And it's, yeah, from southern Belgium during the 19th century. That's kind of where the region... Well, thank you, Belgium. I haven't Mm -hmm.
2: had a lot of Saisons myself, but what I remember of them is that they have a tendency to have a little bit of sour to them that's Mm -hmm. not usually a part of the beer profile. Mm.
0: And and normally, for myself, like, you know, we all have a, a flavor preference, and... Sours or Saison's are not usually on my list if that's the beer I'm going to go to. Mm-hmm. But this is a really interesting because I could see serving this with a wine and cheese plate, or not wine cheese, cheese and meat plate, you know. Yeah. Uh, I could see that with um, some certain desserts. I could see it. I mean, it's
3: almost like you would serve this with dinner. You
2: would
0: serve I, this yeah, with Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
2: definitely.
3: I would serve this chilled in a wine glass.
2: Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, I think so. They say to store it at 54 degrees.
3: When we're done.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You'll get more. We have two more to go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he actually
1: pulled it away from me. (laughs) You'll
0: get more. So bad. It's
1: terrible. Uh, One thing to keep in mind we're we're noting that everything's in a dark container, and some beers are in a light container, a, a, a clear one. And that's mostly to save on money because dark glass is a little more spendy. But with the hops, they have this thing called the isohumuloids, And when it is exposed to light, it turns into free radicals, which is very similar in taste to what skunks make right so yeah that's that skunky flavor at the bottom but all of these have it in the dark container so back in college when you guys would hear mom and dad
2: complain about some skunked beer it meant that what you had done was left their case of cheap beer out in the sun oh yep even for an afternoon even if it wasn't getting hot like it can happen in the light shining really. yeah minnesota cold weather it can do that
1: yeah it's just like skunky beer is just no good i know it's just no light it's transformed and there's no coming back from that one yeah not only does it taste bad but free radicals are bad for you they are bad for you and we yeah. want this to be good for us because we're drinking this for our health yeah
2: exactly yes. drink
1: <laughs> responsibly
3: and don't drink it dry. yes yeah,
1: and so when course. people take these beautiful <laughs> beers and they pour it into their glass the nice thing is to use a smaller glass so that you're drinking pretty quickly because it right. can happen within yeah, you know, by the end of an hour the yeah, stuff at the bottom your beer
2: isn't a smart idea yeah yeah, yeah. Just take a small
1: amount, leave the rest in the dark container, or drink right from the bottle. Drink straight from the bottle, man. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't turn into that skunky taste. So I cannot begin to talk about
2: how I would try to recreate something like this propolis. I I think that that would be... I'd spend a lot of time trying many different meads. They say they've got spelt in there, and I'd definitely give that a try. I don't Mm -hmm. know that I personally tasted barley but my palate isn't really brewmaster palate either so Hmm. but it would be that would be a fun one to work on i think that would be a lot of fun to to try to duplicate yeah and
1: they have a couple of other different flavors Mm -hmm. as well besides the spruce but that was the one that well, it really—that was the one that
2: got the high recommendation. Yeah, so.
1: definitely. I'm, I'm betting that there's—I mean, spruce is really antimicrobial on its own, and it's got tons of antioxidants in it. And there are sometimes when I've been hiking and I'll see a spruce or a pine and grab it and nibble on the ends, and mm-hmm. you know, that kind of gives me that extra zap. So,
2: yeah, it's definitely spruce is a stimulant. Yeah, it's a good. Yeah, and it is healthy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I would never have purchased that bottle with the spruce on it. Not I mean until someone readily recommended it, I but never, now that
1: you've had it, would you buy it again?
0: Yeah, I would buy it again if I yeah. had a special occasion it's, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's definitely it's definitely an occasion, brew it's,
1: uh-huh. it's a chandelier know. beer for yeah. sure yeah. yeah. righty.
0: so sue, do you want to introduce the next one?
1: Yes, I do here we go. this one is dog fish head ale Midas touch is the name of it, and here we're still climbing. 9% alcohol and it's got a BTU of 12. And this one's from Delaware. Mm-hmm. So, here we go. Yeah,
0: Doghead has been Dogfish Head uh, brewing has been doing really interesting beers for quite a long time. Yeah. They're, they're they're really the experimental, innovators. they're very innovator. Um you got a chance to see Beer Wars on Netflix. If you have mm. a Netflix account, watch Beer Wars. The um, head brewer there talks about um, the, you know, the beer wars as they they've come around and mm-hmm. really interesting stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: Let's so let's try open this it. one up. Nice little fizz. Nice little mm-hmm.
2: fizz and lots of bubbles. Well, what up. makes
0: this one interesting is um, this one they really tried to recreate. Um, a beer that's almost 3,000 years old. It's a sweet dry beer made with ingredients found in a 27-year-old drinking vessel from the tomb of King Midas. Somewhere between beer, wine, and mead. Midas will please the Chardonnay and beer drinker alike.
2: Hmm. So this one, the couple of the ones that they're talking about would be the Muscat grapes, the saffron, and the honey? Yes. Mm-hmm. That this, this beer of has of? saffron in it. They
1: actually worked with an mm-hmm. archaeologist.
0: Was, that a, was mm-hmm. that a face of approval, Very Dylan, or a face
3: of what the heck? <laughs> I like it. Okay. I
1: like it. And it is a barley-based beer.
3: You can taste the gold. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice.
1: But not the donkey
2: ears. Oh. Mm. It does have a really nice well, scent to it.
3: That's for after a few of these go down. Oh, yeah.
1: yes. Yeah, yeah everybody it's, has donkey ears. It's after very well. sweet.
0: Uh, I, I, that that first, surprisingly sweet. That first sweet. note was really sweet. That's probably the grapes. Yeah. yeah. Like you said the muscat grapes, whatever.
2: Yeah, I can smell the muscat in there. It's really nice. Hmm. But
1: I... Kind of impartial to that Delaware Interesting Yeah, that is That is interesting The mm. people from Pen, um, Pennsylvania Mu, uh, Museum Uncovering the tomb Of the legendary King Midas Now I want to go check out Dr. Patrick McGovern's work And read what he found out About King Midas Because I always thought He was just a, a myth mm.
3: You'd think
0: In fact, there is a link in On their website We have a link to this um, beer description on the Dogfish um, site
1: Mm -hmm. and in
0: there is a link to Dr. Pat's essay
1: oh cool gotta check that out well they say this one is brewed with barley honey white muscat grapes and saffron do y'all taste the saffron
3: I taste the saffron
1: yeah
2: yeah Yeah, this one for me is the most drinkable of the lot so far Mm -hmm. even
0: more than the propolis or propolis
2: that one is a nice one for with a dinner, with a meal. This one is the one I would want to, Midas Touch. I'd be even, drinking that on my more, back porch. Well, it's, it's more than a 12-ounce or two. Yeah. yeah. It's a
1: 12-ounce. It's a hand size. Oh, sure. You know, it's sure. It's not a...
2: Well, that stuff aside, this one is just one that I can see myself sitting on the back porch enjoying that, probably mm-hmm. while you're grilling something. Oh because you are usually grilling in the summer. It's
1: got a pretty broad base. I can see it going with a whole bunch of different flavors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like the sweetness to it. I like the... You taste the honey for sure.
2: Yeah, I like the floral and the honey up front. Mm -hmm. And then the finish is clean. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, again, this is one that would be, I think, a challenge to really copy. I'd probably start off with standard, very light barley malt, and I'd probably add the muscat grape then, you know, as an extract or as you would for a wine. But I'd probably wait until I had cooled my wort enough, and I'd probably be adding honey. And if I were doing it, I'd probably add the honey after the warts cooled rather than before because I don't like to pasteurize my honey mm-hmm. yeah. because you get more of the floral and the light scents, the light flavors from the honey that way. Okay. And then the saffron would be a dry hop. I would mm-hmm. do that late.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm.
2: what I've read about saffron is that most of the time that's how they do it. I might consider, instead of adding the grapes at the fermentation at the beginning part, I might consider adding them as a syrup style later in the fermentation, mm-hmm. depending on what I've got. So I might have a secondary fermentation that actually ferments through that second set, which would up the alcohol content. Yeah. So if I'm doing that, I'd, I'd brew this as a lighter, lesser alcohol beer up front, and then... The Muscat grape syrup later will ferment it and will add sugars to it, which will then up the alcohol.
1: With the exception of the propolis, uh, it seems like every other one of the beers, it's the herbal taste is more the aftertaste.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the scent. The
1: and scent. the scent, yeah you, yeah, you smell the scent, mm-hmm. yeah. Right.
0: And, I mean, that's that's always that balance because if you brew, um, like, with sage
1: mm-hmm. or oh, yarrow. that can overpower. Oh, yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So you're always going. We've done that. And we've
0: done
2: that. (laughs) um,
1: Speaking of experience. So,
0: (laughs) you know, you have this great intention and no one wants to risk five gallons of beer. Right, right. But you know, the thing is, you know, it's amazing what you'll drink when you've got five gallons sitting in front of you, and you don't want to throw it away. The yeah. mugwort, yeah. Beer. <laughs> the mugwort mm-hmm. beer. The mugwort beer. Mugwort beer. Oh,
2: watch out! I will go get that. You guys might you have know. You no, know we, we
0: actually talked about doing that as, <laughs> a, as a traditional beer, the that, that traditional mead that we've done I, using. Uh, we
2: might have to save it is that a for a, traditional a different day, though. One, yeah. <laughs> Very,
1: like Jinshan is a as a mm-hmm. traditional brew, or mm-hmm. but boy, it's the most. It's the most bitter you can have.
2: Mugwort beer tastes really good. It doesn't taste super bitter. It just hits you in the back of the head. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: If you normally could
2: drink six beers with mugwort beer, you want to stick to just one.
1: Yeah. I know somebody who got a hold of a bunch of mugwort tincture and for reasons known only to God and Elvis, she took... Eight ounces of it and drink it all in one day.
2: Oh, I that her made her really sick,
1: super sick for days.
2: Yeah, like yeah, she thought she was going to go of, to the hospital. Mugwort beer lasts; its effects last. Yep.
1: Yeah. Be careful with that it's stuff. Crazy dreams, everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I so think we're-
0: we have our final beer coming up, which wasn't on our initial list, but right when here, we were right when we were at the store last right. night, we decided to do it. Um, it's from Stone Brewing, and it's a chai-spiced imperial Russian stout, and it has it's a 10.6 alcohol by volume. I love stouts. As I'm sure Dylan's already said, they prefer Uh-oh. the dark beer, Sue always, mm-hmm. too. So this was a treat for me because I love this, and this is something I wouldn't normally buy for myself, so it was yeah. really cool to Here
1: we go. I'm opening it up. <sniffs> oh. mm. All what
0: right. a
2: beautiful sound.
0: So go ahead and, and pour that up by the mic so we can hear it enter the glass.
1: They entered the little plastic corp. Oh, that's a beautiful color. It's it's chocolatey looking is what it is. Mm-hmm. That's nice.
2: Yeah, it's got a nice thick velvety
1: head to it. hmm That's a pretty one. hmm it's got to be good for you. Oh, wow. I can really smell the chai spices yeah. oh, in there. Yeah. That's yeah. The cardamom is wonderful. They say chocolate, coffee, black currants, anise, and roastiness, which is now a new word, folks. <laughs> and they describe this thing as black as sin. We guarantee oh, no man. actual sin was committed in making it. There's got to be
2: cardamom in it. Doesn't that smell to that like
1: to cardamom? No, no, it's it's gotta be. It does have got to be some cardamom, cardamom in, in for there. Sure.
0: Well, no. See now, it says notes of. It doesn't say it was made with.
1: Oh, yeah, that's that's definitely. the difference. So if it's mm-hmm. traditional, what, does that shot? Mean, what?
0: Well, it means that that somebody, a, a taste tester, taster person, tasted it and said, "Hey, I taste black currant here. I taste this. I taste chocolate. Oh, I taste, mm-hmm. you know, th- I smell this." But the brewer said, "Well, that's great, but I oh. you know, these are the things I made in it."
2: It's like when you yeah, read a, when, they you, use cardamom
1: when you read a yes,
0: wine description do. and they tell you that you know this really reminds me of peaches and but they didn't use peaches in that right, wine yeah. right for sure but, but
1: it has a, a, it's a reminder mm-hmm. so on here it says cinnamon cardamom clove mm-hmm. ginger and a dash of black pepper oh, and a dose of black tea
2: nice well
0: it yeah, makes sense that would be chai yep, I mean, yeah exactly as simple as that that's chai yeah, it's
1: very yeah. tasty very yeah it chai is a perfect flavorful. description
0: I almost want to add milk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Your milkshake. Yeah, I know, right? my yeah. college
0: Oh, you know what this could work? <gasps> milkshake smoothie, vanilla ice cream. smoothie. Just a little bit of. Smoothie, oh.
1: That sounds really be tasty. Really good. Yeah.
3: Hmm. Wow, yeah, I've that is a very nice beer. One. Before I'm a, I'm a big fan one? of uh, Stone Brewery and all of their beers.
1: Huh. Oh, nice. these are from. This, this is, is from. California. Did you share this yeah? with
2: other people at the time? Were there others drinking the same thing?
3: Uh, there, yeah, there were a lot of beers going around the time. Did the
2: people you were with like this one? Was it a, a relatively popular?
3: I would say so. I best? was the one that had it for the most part, though. I wasn't I didn't <laughs> <had> anybody share it. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> this particular... <By> anybody <laughs> who
1: gets near. This brewery does, quote-unquote, odd beers for odd ears. So mm-hmm. you're not going to get this every single year. Every other year, one. yeah. Yeah, every other year. So this is 2015. Get it odd last. year release. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a
0: 5 year that, so they're not going to make this for 5 years.
1: Uh, no. well, 2017. Yeah, it'll be every other year. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I mm-hmm. thought you said 5 years ago. On. Mm-hmm. Odd, odd year. Yeah.
2: Sure. That is awesome. a really nice That's one. Pretty impressive I that. like that. Okay. Yeah, and that one I'd probably make a good imperial, a good strong imperial stout and add the chai tea late in the game.
0: Would you add it already brewed or would you put the spices in, do you think? I'd
2: probably brew it, actually, and then. And drop brew, it. Yeah, yeah, brew it into, into actual chai and put that in rather than putting the spices in. One of the challenges with cinnamon and a lot of those other the chai spices is mm-hmm. that they'll offer a lot of bitter qualities even when they're in the dry hop state. Yeah. Mm. So if you can control them and some of those you could tincture it you could do that's one of the we call them tinctures because we're 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 herbalists but they call them potions which I find (laughs) humorous but really it's you know what they what they do is they take the spices or herbs that they want to use and they put it in vodka wait for the vodka to steep so they tincture it and then they measure out how much they want to add to their brews so if you were doing it at the five gallon typical home brewer level You'd take out an ounce or two of your beer at the secondary once it's fermented out all the way and then add like a dropper full or small amounts and measure measure Mm -hmm. how much, like an ounce of beer and a dropper full or two of the tincture until you have a flavor you like and take notes and then scale it up mathematically Mm -hmm. and add the right amount to your whole batch to get the
1: flavor profile you're looking for. I could see this is something that you would add to a good beer cocktail too would be very impressive, like a black would velvet be. would be awesome, oh, champagne, that would be good. it would be incredible, yeah that would that would wow people around you,
2: yeah, so this is definitely I think not so much so a summer beer, although I'd probably no. drink it all summer anyway because oh, yeah. you know, I'm that gauche, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I want to say about um putting herbs like cinnamon and some of the other stuff that we've talked about, you want to be careful when you're putting them in too because if they're anti microbial and antibacterial guess what they're going to do to your yeast right yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
2: they're
0: going to give you a dead beer
2: yeah that is true sure. when you're so. adding them you want you sometimes you end up aiming for using yeasts that are designed for much higher alcohol content so
1: they can overcome the herbal effects mm-hmm. right
0: so that's one thing also to consider so
1: i know someone who tried a garlic beer once tried to make a garlic <sighs> beer and it just killed it yeah, I, I can't, can't imagine everybody that. Everybody loves garlic. Everybody loves beer, but the garlic actually worked and killed the yeast. Yeah, it exactly. You know? Two
0: great things going together to make nothing good. Yeah, nothing at <laughs> all. The only way yeah. I
2: can see a garlic beer working is to dry hop it with garlic and then plan for charging it with CO2. You wouldn't be able to bottle it because it wouldn't
1: ferment. Yeah, you wouldn't no, it definitely carbonation. did not. No. It was just completely flat. Yeah. Um, so
0: right now, there's somebody too. out there going. I think yeah. I'm going to do this. I accept, challenge. I, mean, I will it. try it. <laughs> the
2: gauntlet is down. Hey, if you make a garlic beer that's successful, I want to hear about it. Yeah, I'm serious. Send you send write to it, me, Candace the at thepracticalherbalist.com, and tell me about your beer. You gotta send that us That <laughs> We have a
1: couple of recipes for that. beer and porter on our site. Dandelion version, etc. Yeah, and we do have a lot of information about the different herbs that are that we mentioned here today. Um, yes. We don't necessarily have beer per se recipes, but that could be changing very soon. Oh, I
2: would love to change that. But <laughs> well, we do have
0: we do have a dandelion porter. Yeah, we've we got the, a dandelion the, the dandelion
2: porter, porter both in the all grain ver- version and the malt extract version. Mm-hmm. So no matter which type of home brewing you do, you can use that. And that particular recipe, I believe, is one that has absolutely no hops. Although you could choose to hop it especially the aroma portion. I think mm-hmm. I, I th- if I remember right, I put in the unhopped version with,
1: hey, this is how much hops you'd use about. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yep. There's a bunch of recipes and, and links on our site, the Practical Herbalist site, thepracticalherbalist.com, as well as check out our show notes on realherbalismradio.com.
0: Now it's time for herbalism and homesteading news. Normally, this is the part of the show where we would have an herbal news topic that we would discuss and talk about. But since the beer reviews went a little bit longer, we're going to forgo it this episode and bring it back on our next show. So now it's on to Herbalism 101. Herbalism 101. This is part of the show where Sue and Candace answer a listener question or teach you about an herbal definition or term covering basic to advanced herbal knowledge. If you would like the dirt on herbs, herbalism, or anything else related, you can send your question using our simple contact form at realherbalismradio.com slash herbalism101. If we choose your question for the show, we will send you a free PDF ebook, Natural Nutrition by The Practical Herbalist, currently available for $4.99 at The Practical Herbalist Store. Here's Candace and Sue to discuss this show's Herbalism 101 topic. Today's question comes from Jennifer. Jennifer writes, I've been harvesting from my huge nettle patch all spring. Most are starting to bloom and go to seed. I have read several places that nettles become poisonous once they go to seed. I have difficulty believing this as I have found reference to the use of the seeds for prostate issues. I can believe that they become tough and perhaps less nutritious. I would like to continue to harvest them a little while longer. I would appreciate if you could address this issue. Sue, Candace,
2: That is an excellent question.
1: Yep, and one I have been asked every single year so the nettle is a wonderful thing to harvest multiple times through the year mm-hmm. and if you nip it down just when it gets about an a foot tall and you take off about 6 to 8 inches of it for your own use you can come back 2 to 3 times through the year but through truly the spring. through the spring yes mm-hmm. through the spring thank you and it grows really fast Yes It grows really fast
2: About the time that you're passing About midsummer or so In most of the climates in America
1: Depending on where you are Yes R- Roughly mm-hmm. in
2: that time frame Is when you're you, you don't want to harvest the tops After that because the minerals convert in them, right? Right, They yeah. become silicates. Some yeah. of them become silicates, which are harder for your kidneys to process. Exactly,
1: yeah. So um. it, it always, nettle always has a whole lot of minerals in it. Mm-hmm. And it's you can beautiful. taste them. Yeah. You can actually taste them. But you'll notice after it goes to flower, then a lot of the things that it's drying up from the soil, it will crystallize inside of the stem right. and and in the flower, in the leaf itself, most of the energy is going from the leaf into the flower that's what the plant really wants to do is to turn it those flowers into seed right so, so
2: particularly for people who have kidney problems of any sort who get um, kidney stones, Correct. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think bladder problems also. Yeah. If you have bladder weakness or other problems, mm-hmm. you really want to avoid a nettle that's older because those crystals will be really
1: bad for yeah. you. On the other hand, if you have uh, fingernail problems and you want to mm-hmm. soak, you can take the leaf after, the whole plant actually, right. after it has bloomed or even gone to seed, and you can use a brew it On the stove and then use it as a soak for your fingernails. So that will help external, but taking it internally, it'll be way too hard on your stomach and your entire digestive system. And after
2: you're done soaking, you can pour that on your plants
1: as a fertilizer. Yeah, indoor or outdoor plants will benefit from that. Absolutely. And and do note that places, for instance, in this area in the Willamette Valley, I can go uh, to one place and. In, for instance, in Mount Pisgah, and the nettle will be pre-flowering, and then I can go up the hill, and it'll be even shorter, and I can go closer to the river, and it'll be flowering. Right. So yeah. keep an eye on where your climates matter. Yeah. yeah, and the the nettle is not just used for the leaf. Right. It's That's also... the thing. Throughout the rest of the year, you can use the seed and the root. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Most of the people will think of the root as being something that's really good for BPH, which is benign prosthetic hyperplasmia, and that's something that's actually fairly difficult to use. But the root, there's a massive amount of root. Mm-hmm. Uh, nettle had, nettle likes to spread, yeah. just loves to spread. Yeah, it's a rhizome. So, yeah, yeah, it's exactly. So you can dig that up and turn that into a tincture pretty easily and combine mm-hmm. that with a variety of different things to help with uh, BPH. The seed, which is not as easy to collect because there's a small amount of it. The, yeah. the seeds are really, really tiny, and a lot of people will – there's a kind of a fight right now amongst herbalists. Do You use the – seed after it's turned brown or to use it when it's still green right yeah (laughs) it depends on who you talk to i'm not going to step on either side of the fence there because i want to keep my fingers (laughs) (laughs) but normally what i have seen is people are using tincture from seed that is still a little bit green okay so they'll harvest and the nice thing about that is it's not falling off the stalk
2: right yeah, yeah. So I was going to say, trying to catch it when it's brown. I mean, that's some precise timing yeah, because it truly as soon as is. it it turns,
1: it goes. It, it spreads, spreads fast, and it's really light seed and very yeah, tiny, very hard
2: to catch. So you have <laughs> yeah. to work really
1: hard to get a whole bunch enough to make tincture, and you right. would be using that to treat kidney issues, right. So.
2: right? And the the root can be treated, of course, for the more serious disease. But as a more tonic level, you can use tincture. Or you can dry the root and use it in a like a root beer style. Mm-hmm. And it's typically a men's medicine for men who are middle-aged and older, and it helps to um, support their their prostate and their other right. you know, male to systems. Right, to continue urine
1: flow as mm-hmm. well. And yeah. support
2: testosterone levels. So women who are in the later years, menopausal, perimenopausal, who struggle with keeping their testosterone levels up mm-hmm. can benefit from a small amount of nettle root as well. Yeah. But
1: for the rest of us, probably less so. Yeah, so the short answer for our, our listener would be that please go ahead, and if you're using the nettle just for a nutritive and the standard things that nettle is used for, then wait after it's flowered, then that's it's too late. You know, right. go ahead and, and just wait for next year. Mm-hmm. Or the other way to handle that is keep harvesting several times throughout the year so that it doesn't get a chance to,
2: to right. flower.
1: Yeah, so That's that's the short answer And it really is temperature sensitive
0: Alright, so thanks Jennifer for that question And you will receive a natural nutrition book From The Practical Herbalist worth $5 Thank you for listening to Real Herbalism Radio Your hosts have been Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe To find more information and recipes from today's show Or to leave a comment or suggestion Visit us online at realherbalismradio.com if you're feeling social, you can also find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Practical Herbalist. Don't forget to look up our ebooks and herbal folios at Amazon.com. Use the search terms Practical Herbalist. This show has been sponsored by Mountain Rose Herbs, purveyors of high-quality organic bulk herbs, gourmet spices, loose-leaf teas, essential oils, herbal extracts, and natural body care ingredients. You can visit them at MountainRoseHerbs.com. If you'd like to sponsor Real Herbalism Radio, just contact us through our website at slash contact. Till next time, this is Patrick with Real Herbalism Radio
2: and The Practical Herbalist.